This podcast is for the woman who thinks she cannot change, the one who feels lost and can't seem to find her way, or longs to walk confidently and find the grace to finally forgive herself. If you've tried it all, given up a thousand times, or wrestle with what you've done and who you've become, you're in the right place. If you've ever searched, how can I ever forgive myself on the internet? Take a listen to The Grace Frontier. As one who's walked this path before, I love to connect with women to inspire them to walk in wholeness and live in victory. Hi, I'm Amy Elaine Martinez, and you're listening to The Grace Frontier Podcast. I'm a self-proclaimed grace slinger and victory girl, and I'll be your truth-telling trail guide on these episodes, helping you to sift through the lies and teaching you how to journey with Jesus, travel light as you unpack the baggage of your past hurt, shame, and regret, identify your pioneer spirit and defining moments that mark you for eternity, and learn to forge your way to newfound freedom, a deeper faith, and self-forgiveness. Each week, you'll hear how you can make lasting change in your life. In these short episodes, we'll talk about enjoying the wildlife, finding the wonder, and most importantly, finding your way through to the other side of your desert wilderness seasons. Girl, you're not lost because X marks your spot. Grace paves the way and victory is your destiny. It's time to get out of your comfort zone and on to the Grace Frontier. Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Frontier podcast. I'm your host, Amy Elaine Martinez. Thanks for joining me here today as we forge our way through to the other side. Last week, we looked at becoming more than a change maker by taking things a step further to become a cycle breaker too. Sin is a slippery slope and has a tendency to trip us up if we're not watching out for it. I hope the previous episodes have helped you in your faith journey so far. As promised on today's episode, we're going to break down the concept of the SIFT method a little bit more today. I've been sharing about this because I want us to be able to move beyond taking our first steps onto the grace frontier and start making some forward progress. Simply put, the SIFT method is a set of steps that will keep you moving forward in the quest to making lasting change become a reality in your life. In preparation for this week's episode, I began to think of what it's been like for me out here in the wilderness on the grace frontier. From a spiritual perspective, I thought about how our wilderness seasons can really feel dusty and dry. Over time, we feel dirty and worn out, gritty, and even grimy, and maybe a little irritated too. But what if there's some really good stuff out here? What if by sifting through it all, we could find the wonder in the wilderness instead? This is where the sift method was born. More than just sharing stories and introducing you to some amazing people in the Bible, these episodes are meant to give you some practical applications and takeaways to help you make lasting change in your life. Whether you're in the fight of your life or dealing with the day in, day out of mom life with littles, trying to stay sober, or simply wanting to refine your relationship with Jesus. The Grace Frontier was designed with you in mind. 
At almost 54, I've lived through a lot of wilderness seasons. Each time I've made my way through to the other side, I've learned the hard way that life is easier when I'm walking with God and journeying with Jesus. The SIFT method helps us to step out, to identify our identity in Christ, to forge our way to freedom, and to travel light by unpacking our past hurts and shame and regret. But there's something that is so much more important that we have to do before we can really begin to sift through the stuff. Before we get into the details of the SIFT method, I think it's important for us to get back to some basics and find out what we're really doing out here in the wilderness, what wilderness seasons are made of, what they're for anyway in the first place. What are we doing here, and are there any benefits to being out here? I believe there are. I've been reading The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozier, and in one of the chapters called Removing the Veil, he says this, and he's talking about Jesus. He says, now he waits to show himself in ravishing fullness to the humble of soul and the pure in heart. The world is perishing for lack of knowledge of God, and the church is famishing for want of his presence. The instant cure of most of our religious ills would be to enter the presence in spiritual experience, to become suddenly aware that we are in God and that God is in us. And that's what I want to focus on today. I want to talk to you about something that has been really important to me, that has really made a big difference to me while I've been in wilderness seasons. One of the most beautiful ways that I have been able to lean into creating that intimacy with God and to really connect with him on a deeper level out in these wilderness seasons is what some people call soaking, where you just turn some music on and read God's word, read it over yourself, or Record yourself and listen to God's word being spoken over you or find a Bible app that has the Psalms or different verses that you choose and just get with God, get in a quiet place and soak in his presence, saturating our minds with his word refreshes us and renews us and restores us. It's so important to learn how to do this. And if soaking in his presence, that term seems foreign to you or a little weird or whatever, it's not. It's really just saturating our minds with the word of God so that we can get to that place where we can hear his voice, that we can get quiet with him, that we can find a way through the wilderness times, when it gets rough, when it gets hard, when we're angry and weary and confused and hurt, the best thing that we can do, the best self-care that we can do for ourselves is to get with God. And it's something that has really worked for me. So today I'm going to read some verses over you at the end of our episode. I made a printable for us that is uh, in the show notes. It's called Bible Verses for the Wilderness, and it has eight different scriptures 
for what I think are things that you need to take into the wilderness with you. These verses are going to help you to rest your anxious heart, light your way, cover any shame, to better understand God's word, to hear his voice, to relax and dream again with him, to know that you belong to him, and for a wake-up call so that you can realign yourself with the things of God. Those are eight of the wonders and benefits that I have found in my wilderness seasons. Mark 4 tells us that Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. The the Holy Spirit beckoned him out there. And it was no picnic, y'all. He fasted and prayed and he was tempted and tried in that time period. If Jesus went there intentionally and on purpose to get away from the crowds and the chaos and get in that place of intimacy with his father to seek the quietness so that he could hear the Holy Spirit speak before he stepped out into full-time ministry to fulfill his calling and his purpose in life and ultimately in death, I think that we can see that there are benefits to going there too. And I know that eventually we will find ourselves in wilderness seasons. It will happen. If you're not in one now, you will be at some point. When we can look to the wilderness, not as a punishment, but as a place of respite for our souls, to not just be seeking to get out of the wilderness, but to rest in it, we will find the wonders that are in the wilderness. And so today, I want to talk just a little bit about the wilderness and why we're there and what a wilderness is anyway. And then I want to read that scripture over you. We're just going to make this a pretty short and sweet time together today. When I think of the wilderness, I think of sandy, dusty, dry desert land. It's deserted, isolated. It's wild and unknown. The wilderness has been described as uncultivated, uninhabitable, inhospitable, harsh, and difficult to live in, unfriendly, unwelcoming, uninviting, and not meant for life. But what if there are treasures hidden there and wonders there, even beauty untold to be discovered, to be found there? Jesus went to the wilderness regularly to get away. What if we're meant to go there too? What if the wilderness isn't a wasteland like the enemy wants us to believe, but there are benefits out there for us to discover? Here are 10 things that you might not know about the wilderness that I have discovered. I'm going to go through these quickly, and I want you to think about how, as I am reading about a literal wilderness, out in the real world, I want you to think of how it spiritually lines up with the grace frontier, the wilderness that we're talking about. So we're looking at the wilderness in reality, but then looking at it from a spiritual point of view. So the first thing is, is that it is a protected land. Many in the U.S. are federally designated as natural areas with the highest level of protection. There's a legal layer of protection there. The implication for us is that this is a protected land and there is a legal 
protection there as the courts of heaven reign there. Number two, they can be icy cold and hot and humid. These extreme temperatures may make us uncomfortable. Yes, these wilderness seasons, the temperature is going to get hot, hot, hot when he is burning things away and cold, cold, cold when we feel all alone. But there is something that happens when we allow ourselves to be made uncomfortable, to get out of our comfort zones. Number three, Wildernesses are deemed to have unique characteristics, special features, worthy of protecting for future generations. This is so on point with what we are talking about here. We are taking care of our business so that we can make a way, pave a way for those who come behind us for future generations. Number four, despite high-level of protection, the biggest threat is human activity. Therefore, wildernesses must be managed, cared for to uphold their natural God-given states. There is a natural element with native character there, with flora and fauna, just the natural things that are there. It's untrampled without human influence. This is the place where we don't want to be listening to the opinions of others, but really honing in on the voice of God. There's a natural process that should play out without any interference in these wilderness lands. They are undeveloped with few signs, campsites, few structures, because we are meant to be alone there. We go there for solitude, but also for recreation. They are meant for play and meditation and rest. Last week, we talked about learning to play in the presence of God. Number five, roadless patches and no paved trails. These are places that we are trailblazing. We are making a road in the wilderness. These are places that haven't been traversed before. If there is a trail, it is not paved. It is a trail that has been made by those who have traversed over it time and time again. Number six, there are no extractions. You can't take stuff out of there. There are things that are found there that have to stay there. And this is what it means to travel light. Number seven, wildernesses offer refuge and respite. And while we sometimes feel like we're in a punishment season when we're in the wilderness, we're striving to get out instead of resting in, We need to be reminded that this is a place of refuge. The Holy Spirit beckoned Jesus out to the wilderness as a refuge for him because he knew that his testing was coming and that he needed to be proved to be the sinless Savior of the world. And that's exactly what happened in his wilderness season. And then he was passionately able to go out and do the thing that he was called to do. Our wildernesses serve as a place of preparation for us. Number eight, all wilderness places have different terrains. They're different sizes. Some are up to 101 million acres, all the way down to five acres. These are ones that exist today. 
And there are 756 different kinds of wildernesses. And what I think we can learn from that is that there's something our wilderness seasons have in common, but they also are unlike anybody else's. We should not be comparing ours to others because they are meant uniquely for us. They're going to be different shapes and sizes to meet the different needs in our lives as compared to someone else. So don't compare your wilderness season, the length, the time, the breadth, the width, all of that. Don't compare it with anyone else's. Number nine, the principles of the wilderness culture say, leave no trace, tread softly, travel on trails only, dispose of your waste properly, use existing fire rings, don't make new ones, and minimize campfires if possible. All of these things are meant to create a wilderness culture that is caring about those who come behind you, those who are going to be walking through these same places later in their own wilderness seasons. Leave it like you found it. And instead of trashing it verbally, let's talk highly of our wilderness seasons, that there are benefits there. Number 10, preparation is mandatory. It requires special clothing, skills, abilities, and equipment. You must know your boundaries and stay within them. Therefore, you should study the land, create a plan, and respect the wildlife. Be considerate of others. All of those things are things that we've talked about here on the Grace Frontier episode so far. I think you can see some different keys. We must know our boundaries and not step outside of them. And we should study the land and see what we can learn from it. And know that the wilderness seasons will come, but they will also end. But while we're here, let's make the best of it. We've come to the place in the show where I want to read some scripture over you to let you soak in the word of God. So find a quiet place. Come back to this later if you need to. And I just pray this will bless you today and that you will be able to just Soak in the word, saturate your mind with the word of God, and that it will bring some relief and respite, renewal and restoration to your heart today. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made the decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then, after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end. 
gloriously completing what he had begun. Romans eight twenty six through 30 Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And there I will give her her vineyards and make the valley of Acre a door of hope. Hosea 2, 14 and 15. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Revelation 3, 19 and 20. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Jeremiah 33, 3. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Lord, teach me thy statutes. Deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. Open my eyes, that I may behold wonderful things from thy law. Psalm 119, 12, 17, and 18. I'm going to close with that today. You can try doing this for yourself. Get some scriptures. Read them over yourself. Remind yourself that you belong to God, that he is for you and not against you, that he hears you when you call. Soak in his presence. Soak in his word. You'll be so glad you did. That's all for today. So until next time, happy trail, sweet friend. Thanks for hanging out with me on the Grace Frontier today. What did you think of that episode, friend? I pray it met you exactly where you needed it to. If you'd like to come and spend some time with me online, you can find the links in the show notes to do just that. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is at Amy Elaine Writes. Or you can check out my website at amyelaine.com. Before you go, could you take a second to see if God would have you pass this episode on to a loved one or a friend? Take a pause and see if he places a face or a name on your heart. If someone comes to mind, text or DM them a link to this episode so that they can learn and grow and find freedom and healing through the words God gave me for this particular episode. And if today's message from the Grace Frontier touched you, it would be the nicest gift ever if you could take a moment to write a heartfelt review on Apple or wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps to encourage others to check out this show for themselves. Until next time, remember that the wilderness isn't a wasteland like the enemy wants you to believe, but it's exactly where God wants you to be because X marks the spot where grace finds you and me.